You ate four chicken thighs? And then two helpings of the green beans, and then... You ate... Five of the little mini corn on the cobs. You ate five corn on the cobs. The, the small ones. Two of those big chicken breasts that I... Uh, ch chicken thighs that I made. And a bunch of green beans. No, I ate four of the chicken thighs. You ate four of the chicken thighs. Shit. Those things were not small either. I know, but they were so good. And they good. were stuffed with cheese. They were so good. So I kept eating them. They were good. <laughs> they were really good. I think I make really good stuffed things. Well, it's like I told you before. You don't cook very often. When you do, you turn out some pretty good shit. I think so. Oh, oh, oh there goes the vape. <laughs> it's coming earlier and earlier in every podcast. You've reached the Shays Lounge. Oh, hi. Welcome. I'm Cricket. And I'm, who am I? I think you're Tom. Tom, yeah. I'm not sure who you are this week. You could be anybody. But um, we just got through eating, and it was a really good meal. So good. We've been doing chicken breasts on the weekends, like those big, thick chicken breasts, and I marinate them in um, Olive Garden Caesar salad dressing. And we, we and, and, then I, and then like the last maybe 10 minutes that they cook, I crank that thing up to broil, cr crank the oven up to broil, and I put um, Parmesan cheese like the the real shredded parmesan cheese on top of them so it'll kind of like crust up and get like this really pretty like little brown cheese crust over the top of the the chicken and it's really good but we didn't want to do chicken breast this week because we've been doing chicken breast and we're tired of it and da -da -da. so we did chicken again but we did chicken thighs <clears throat> and these were stuffed chicken thighs so you got your phone turned on silent Yes, I do. I know you probably don't. I, I just turned it on silent. Um, but so the I, I stuffed them with cream cheese that was mixed with my own spice mixture and some shredded cheese. And I stuffed the, the chicken thighs with that, rolled them up, and cooked them. And then for the last 10 minutes, I put Parmesan cheese on the top of them to get that nice pretty crust. And they were like chef's kiss. So they were good. good. They were good. They were real good. Real cheesy, but real good. Yeah. But not like overly cheesy. No. Because it's the right kind of cheese. It doesn't like overwhelm you. It doesn't overwhelm your palate. It's not like Velveeta. <laughs> there, there is such a thing as too much Velveeta. Yeah. We, we learned that the hard way. Right. When I made that cheesy chicken that time. That was too much cheese. There is a point where it gets to be too much cheese. But tonight we did not reach that point. So No, we did not. So we're good. That was good stuff. And that was only about maybe 600 calories for, like, the whole meal, so that's not too bad. Yeah. Of course, the other 500 calories are coming from this drink I'm drinking. Right. Because I'm still watching my calories. I've done really good this week. And I've lost, like, four pounds. Which, I guess, considering I'm trying to lose, like, a pound and a half a week, is not too bad. I'm, I'm on schedule. That's good. But we've been working out every single day... I went to work out today. Um, I think you've missed one workout and I've missed one workout over the last, what, 16, 17 days? I think so. Yeah, so that's not bad. <laughs> that's not bad at all. And uh, we both have been doing really, really good. We've been meeting with our trainer and we've been doing our workouts. And, you know, we've just, we've been trying to do this the healthy way. Ingesting enough calories that our bodies can function while we're still working out. Making sure we're fueling our bodies. But we're fueling them in a healthy way. Instead of a bunch of processed sugar and crap. You know, we're actually... Like, like the only kind of sugar I've gotten lately has been out of fruit. Yeah, me too. 
And that's that's insane for me because I freaking love processed sugar. I have got a sweet tooth that doesn't quit. But we don't drink sugary drinks anymore, which I was always drinking the diets anyway because I don't like the taste of the sugary drinks. But, you know, you'd have a regular Pepsi every once in a while, but you've stopped doing that. And uh, so anyway, we're trying to drink more water, staying away from sweets, staying away from carbs, staying away from processed foods, staying away from like super high calorie stuff and super high fat stuff. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I think next week we get to, is it next week we get to weigh again on that, on that like little machine thing or is it the week after? I think it's the week after. Week after. So they have like this body composition machine that tells you your skeletal muscle, um, your fat percentage and your weight. And it's a more accurate reading than just taking a BMI or something stupid like that. Yeah, except Which, for when I got on it, that motherfucker said one at a time. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> but we both have our we both have our numbers in mind. That ferret was would decide right now to start making noise. It does every time. Anyway, we've got our number in mind that we want to hit. Mine has a one and a five in it. And mine has a two and a five. Yeah, and I, I think we can do it. Stop it, you silly little ferret. She's digging in her food bowl, yep. making a mess. She's having fun, though. <clears throat> I had a question I was going to ask you, because anytime I have a religion question, you're the one I go to. Right. What are, like, I saw what in some of my adventures where I work, mm-hmm. drive around all the place. What are Mennonite, the Mennonite brethren's? They're similar to the Amish. Um, uh, Mennonites, Amish, Quaker, kind of that same. We live off the land. We don't use electricity. Some of them do. Most of them don't. Um, They're um, real old-fashioned kind of people. That's the Um, Mennonites. That's the Mennonites. So what are they during the day? I don't know. How long have you been holding that in the chamber? For a while. (laughs) You should feel bad about that. <laughs> Here I am trying to give you a good faith answer. And you just rip the rug out from under me with your damn punchline. You know, I got to sucker you in somehow. Like, I, what was the one about the... Oh, what was that one I got you good on? It, no, I got you the other day. No, what was the one? It was... God dang it. Because I remember I asked you. It was a... Oh, the the, the starting pistol. Yeah, the, you got Shot me on somebody. the starting pistol. Yeah, it, was, it, was a race, it was race related. I got you the other day though. Yeah, you this did. this one was on a text. Yeah, because I what, what did I ask you? What's what's the difference between a, a, piano, a piano, a tuna, tuna and a and pot of glue? Yeah. yeah, I would have said like a glue board. Yeah. Okay. So a glue board, and the answer is, you can tune a piano. You can tune a you piano. You can tune, tune a piano, but you can't piano a tuna. tuna. And, and that's all she said. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. And I said, well, what about the glue? I knew you'd get stuck on that one. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit it. it took me a second. <laughs> I tried that one on Eric. He didn't get it. <laughs> he actually answered me honestly after that one. He was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I knew you'd get stuck there. <laughs> I like stupid jokes, so it's okay. Well, stupid jokes are the best jokes. They are the best jokes. I have a shit ton of things to talk about today, but they are all politics. So you tell me how you want to handle this. 
They're all politics, politics or politics related. While you do it, I hate doing politics. You know that. Well, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna lightly skate across a few topics that have happened that have come across my Twitter feed and my Facebook feed this week. Stuff that's interesting, and I'd like to start on the Supreme Court. So I don't know if you've been paying attention this week, but the Supreme Court released a bunch of atten- uh, a, a bunch of um, opinions this week, and some of them were okay, and some of them were like, "What the fuck?" And one of them, um, the one that I mainly want to talk about is the website designer who said that she was approached by a gay couple and asked to make a wedding website for them. And she said she didn't want to. And so she sued saying that she didn't want to have to make this website for these gay people, for this gay couple. You with me so far? Yep. So, it made it all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled that it is part of her protected speech as a Christian that she does not have to make websites that cater to gay people if she doesn't want to. Okay. Whatever. There's a lot of stuff on both sides of this issue. There's a lot of people that are really angry about it. I'm kind of of the opinion that why would you want somebody who doesn't like you to make anything for you, especially for a wedding? That doesn't make any sense. If you force a baker to make a cake for your wedding and he doesn't want to, it's going to be a shitty cake. Why would you want that? If you force a website designer to make a gay website for you, it's going to be a shitty website. Why would you want to pay for something like that? Like, I don't understand that. Same thing. If you are a MAGA person and you go to somebody who's very liberal and you want to force them to make a MAGA website, it's going to be a shitty website. Why would you pay that person money if they don't agree with you, even in the slightest? So I'm kind of of the opinion that, Yeah, you should be able to refuse service if you want to. The only thing that I disagree with on this is the fact that gay people are in a protected class and so therefore should benefit from those protections and the Supreme Court ruled that they shouldn't. Okay? Well, they're in a protected class, but then again, if you're like a small business owner and somebody comes up to you and says, hey, would you do this for me? just like, no. Yeah, I mean, you can. Re- you should be able to refuse yes, the right. Tell them no. Yeah, you should be able to refuse people. Like, I, like I agree with that. Here's the part of the case that really gets me. There was no gay couple. There was no wedding, and there was no wedding website. This entire thing was a hypothetical situation that was made up by a website designer who doesn't even design websites for marriages for weddings. She is just a regular old website designer. She's never designed a wedding website. She has never been approached by a gay couple to do, to do a, a, a gay wedding site. None of this ever happened. And the person's name that she put on there as being part of this, being part of this couple that came to her. He is heterosexual and has been married to a woman for no telling how many years, he's got kids with her. Didn't even know he was on this uh, this litigation 
had no idea his name was associated with it at all and this hypothetical situation made it to the supreme court and got a ruling and i need to know desperately with every fiber of my being who paid for this yeah somebody paid for this to happen somebody plucked this woman out of obscurity in colorado and said we need you to do this thing for us we need you to go to the supreme court for us and she said yes they made up the entire thing out of whole cloth set it in front of the six conservative justices and got the ruling that they wanted and i need to know who was funding it there's no telling i think we'll find out before long i really do because the internet has a lot of really smart people on it yeah (laughs) they like to find out shit like this but this has been all over twitter you know people are trying to figure out what what the hell who paid for this because when we found out a report the only reason that we knew that this guy was in a heterosexual relationship and is not gay and never has been and has never approached this woman and didn't even know his name was associated with it is because a reporter finally reached out to him and asked his thoughts on the case and he's like what case what are you talking about he had no idea his name was even associated with this. So that's what I don't understand. The way I was taught that the Supreme Court works is that the Supreme Court gets it after all the other but that could challenges. Be just have anybody failed. with that name. I mean, no, it like names addresses. Oh, okay. You know, because you had to file that stuff with the court. So I don't understand unless it went straight from the initial litigation straight to the Supreme Court as, instead of going through all the appeals processes. And the Supreme Court may have handpicked it as a case they wanted to do. I don't understand how it made it through without him getting served with at least one set of papers that showed him he was a part of this lawsuit. Yeah, it does seem odd. Isn't that weird? Hmm. How can you have something go to the Supreme Court and the, and the other litigant in the party has no clue they're even involved? This thing stinks to high heaven. And I need to know who's behind it. Yeah, that's that is interesting. Think about it that way. Yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> you're talking about how much, how who who pay for it and who cost. You see that shit that the uh, what was an Arizona Republicans little stunt they pulled ended up costing taxpayers like several million dollars. What'd they do? Oh, you hadn't seen that? No, I hadn't seen this. Tell me. It's the whole border crisis thing, right? Okay course the the this had it was paid for with state taxes okay he had a train across a huge part of the border or a section of the border okay right and they paid you know those shipping containers mm-hmm. they had them double stacked on this train and this train stopped to try to make like a barrier and then they had to go back and pay to have it all unstacked so it could be shipped so the, the train could go again that why some political stunt that's dumb yeah I it's don't, not like you got a train long enough to cover the whole whole fucking border so what are you doing well that and you can climb under a train that's kind of an easy border to get across i don't know what the fuck I, I, don't, I don't understand some of this political bullshit that they do. I don't understand some of these stunts that they pull because they're just so bone-ass stupid. Like, I don't get it. But it costs those Arizona taxpayers a lot of money. Speaking of Arizona, you notice that Carrie Lake is going for another court challenge? And she's been sued. Good 
God. I know she's been sued, but I didn't know she was going for another challenge. Oh, yeah. She's, she's, uh, she's got, like, however many last... How many times are they going to give her a last gasp in court? That's what I want to know. How many times is she going to be allowed to go into court before they finally go, Look, you're done. You're, you're done. You're done. Do not file one more piece of paper in Maricopa County. Just don't do it. And how long is it going to be before these lawyers that she's got working for her end up like Trump's lawyers and get disbarred or threatened with disbarment for bringing spurious cases in front of the court to waste the court's time? That's what I want to know. Because she's got some dill holes working for her. And I don't understand how they had... She's auditioning to be vice president is what she's doing. Yeah. Her and Marjorie Taylor Greene are auditioning to be vice president. They want to be Trump's pick for VP. Now, I have heard so many people from the fucking state of Florida um, say that they think that it should be Trump DeSantis. But I think those two assholes would murder each other on the campaign trail. Because <laughs> DeSantis likes running off of Trump's coattails, but I think he honestly genuinely hates the man. I'm sure he does. And he thinks he should have top billing. The I, I wish I could play the most recent uh, campaign ad that I saw from DeSantis. I can't play it because it wouldn't make sense because there's a lot of visual aspects to it. Mm-hmm. But it talks about all the stuff that DeSantis has done and all the tr- stuff that Trump has said that counteracts what tr- what DeSantis has done. Like Trump will say one thing, like I think uh, drag queens should be, or I think that transgender people should be allowed to be in Miss America, and I believe that tra- uh, transgender people should be allowed to use whatever bathroom they want to use. He said those things when he was campaigning in 2016 <clears throat> or 2015. So he said those things, and those were in that, this ad. And then DeSantis comes in talking about how he's made it legal to do this and legal to do this, and he's going to run those damn drag queens out of Florida and blah, 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 blah. And every, it, it, it keeps flashing images on the screen of different things, some of them being newspaper articles or, you know, Trump with a big slash through him or, you know, stupid shit like that. But then they also flash up stuff of Brad Pitt as a gladiator and, like, a muscular, oiled-up man. Like, there's a, there's a flash of him and, you know, a Spartan and, you know, like, all these strong characters. So he's, like, trying to, like, visually influence you into thinking of Ron DeSantis as being, like, this strong, burly man like fucking Brad Pitt in, in Achilles or whatever that movie was that he was in. Troy. He was in Troy. Troy. And I'm like, do you honestly think that we can't see you, Ronnie baby? Because we can see you, sweetie. You don't look anything like this. And I know you're trying to portray the whole alpha man bullshit, but you're... It's like them stupid-ass fucking flags they had with Rambo with Trump's head on it. Oh, my God. Those were so so fucking fucking stupid. They're so deluded. They are so deluded. I just... And, and how many times have you seen a picture of Trump somewhere and it's been photoshopped to make him look like he's a burlier man than he is? Yeah. Did you see the one of him supposedly in prison? It was an AI rendering of him in prison and he was like all muscular and had like a six pack and he's like walking through the yard with all his little prison tats and da 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 da. I was like, he wouldn't last 30 fucking minutes in prison. He would cry to be let out. It wouldn't even be that somebody would kick his ass because they'd leave him alone because he's a poor doddering old man. They wouldn't mess with him, but he would be crying for his mommy the first second he had to take a shit in a, in a stainless steel toilet mm-hmm. in front of somebody. Like, he wouldn't be able to do it. 
And it would be funny. <laughs> Forgive me for thinking that man needs to die in prison. Yeah, before. Speaking of, he's about to get indicted in Florida, in uh, Georgia. And um, the guy who ran the Maricopa County, or the guy who ran the Arizona elections is saying that he has audio of Trump trying to influence him in the 2020 election as well. Same way he tried to influence Ben Raffensperger to just find me some votes. Yeah. So he went to Jack Smith. The guy, the guy that runs the Arizona stuff is going to Jack Smith about this, and apparently Jack Smith has traveled down to Arizona to talk to him. So more charges are coming. I know you don't think anything's going to happen, but justice works slowly. Mm-hmm. Very, very slowly. He could still be president from a, from a freaking jail cell. I mean, that's, that's possible, but... I mean, come on. I don't think he's even going to prison, but okay. Um, speaking of the um, presidency, Supreme Court, all this other stuff, Biden's student loan forgiveness, he was going to forgive 10000 or $20,000 of your debt, depending on whether or not you had a Pell Grant. And uh, that was struck down by this particular Supreme Court in a 6-3 to three decision. Um and uh, so it was ruled unconstitutional the way that Biden did it. But he has not given up yet because it was struck down under the HEROES Act. And he is going to use the Higher Education Act to try to repeal everything. But while we're talking about student loans, um, what I would dearly, dearly love, um, in the Bible, it says some specific things about loans repeatedly. It says things like, you can't charge interest because that's not okay. And it also says that you can't have a debt that lasts longer than seven years. Which I would love. Just, oh, it would, it would thrill my little black heart if one of these Democrats up in Congress would put a bill on the House floor outlawing interest and saying that every seven years, every single debt that you have is cleared, free and clear. And do it using the Bible so that it would make every single Republican who claims to be a Christian vote against it because, quote, you can't use the Bible that way. Mm-hmm. Because I want every single one of these fuckers on record that they don't actually follow the Bible. They just follow the parts that they want to follow. Exactly. Because the Bible mentions usury a whole hell of a lot more than it ever thought about mentioning homosexuality. But we don't have laws against interest and money lending. I mean, come on. If you're going to use the Bible, use it right. It's all or nothing. All or nothing. All or nothing. Why, why are you wearing mixed clothes and eating shellfish? You, you don't need to be doing that either. Whatever. <laughs> So we're not we're not done with student loans uh, that may be going away as well. They're going to try it again, and one other case that is has not already gone up above uh, to the to the Supreme Court, but will be going up to the Supreme Court is a case on whether or not people who have domestic violence charges are allowed to own firearms under the Second Amendment. So this is going to be an interesting case, and it's going to determine whether or not people who have violent histories are allowed to have weapons. And if they let it stand where if you have a domestic violence conviction or charges and you're allowed to have a weapon, expect to be seeing more women killed because that's generally what happens when these laws get passed. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen there. 
Um, <clears throat> oh, um, Sarah Fuckabee Sanders uh, doesn't give a shit about the separation between church and state, as we've known. Right. Um, her kids, um, and I, I um, say that with a grain of salt, um, her kids drew this beautiful, mur- uh, beautiful painting or uh, chalk art on uh, the front steps of the or the front porch of the governor's mansion. And it looked like a stained glass window with a cross in it. Her children are, I think the oldest one might be 12. There is no fucking way that these kids did such a professional looking picture. <laughs> There's no way. One, yeah, of them, one of them's about four. If they let that child touch that little thing that they did, it would have screwed it up. Because this thing had perfect lines. Perfect lines. Like it had been taped off. <clears throat> She paid somebody to come up there and, and do that. And then said her kids did it. Because there's no way they got the cross that straight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, it, it's hard for a professional artist to draw a cross properly. You think a couple of kids can do it? No. Absolutely not. And not her kids. Because they come from her genetic line. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, it was a beautiful picture. It was on the governor's mansion, front porch. And some people got upset about it. Because, I mean, that's that is putting forth a religion from the governor's mansion and that is a direct violation of the, the separation of church and state and she said she didn't give a shit she wrote a letter to the to the effect of not giving a shit and she posted it on twitter where everybody can see and her dad came out and said i'm so proud of my daughter for standing up for her christian values and da, 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 da. she can be a christian all she fucking wants but she can't promote a state religion you can't do, even in Arkansas, you can't do that. There's a separation between church and state. You, you mm. what happens if, by some fucking miracle, we get a Muslim or an atheist? Can they do the same thing, or is everybody going to flip nope. out about that? No, of course not. They can't do it because they're going to flip out about it. Of course they <clears throat> will, because that is how they roll. Mm-hmm. Good for me, but not for thee. So sick of stuff like this. And it it kills me because you can't even call them hypocrites to their face because they genuinely do not believe that they're hypocrites. That insult means nothing to them. Yeah. Because they honestly don't, they honestly truly believe they're not being hypocritical. But they, I mean, but they are. Um, <laughs> getting off <clears throat> politics for a minute. <clears throat> Yay. <laughs> Have you heard about the Twitter, the, the the bullshit that's going on on Twitter right now, today? Is what you were telling me about earlier? Yeah. And then you yeah, so, heard about it. <laughs> Twitter has been buggy all damn day. And Elon comes out and says, hey, you know, to kind of fix the site, um, we have some issues with people scraping data and, you know, uh, using their... Uh, accounts inappropriately so we've decided to limit the number of account uh, limit the number of posts you can see per day to 6,000 if you pay for twitter 600 if you don't pay for twitter and 300 posts if you're brand new to twitter that's all you can see and i was like well that's that's dumb because when you run a social media company the people who are using your social media company are the commodity and you need them to see as many posts as possible so that they can see all the advertisements that you're putting out there because the advertisements are what pay your bills. But Elon has never met a problem that he didn't fuck up. 
And so he's decided to do this. And then people got upset. We can't see enough. Then he upped it. He said instead of 6,600 and 300, we're going to do 10,000 and 500, 10,000 and um, 1,000 and 500. We're going to do it that way. Now you can see those. And people are like, we can get through that many posts, a thousand posts. That's going to take me like two hours to get through. Maybe, maybe if I'm sitting on the toilet, maybe even less, you know, like I can get through that many posts really quickly. And if you're following threads, you're seeing post after post after post. And if you're looking at comment sections, you see it a whole lot quicker than that. And it's really easy to blow through that many posts. Well, it turns out Twitter, the site where the great genius Elon Musk fired, what, 70% of the staff? He, I, I think he fired like half of them and then like another 30% quit or something like that, which he still has not paid them their severance like he was supposed to because he's not paying rent on the building. He hasn't paid severance. He hasn't paid his lawyers. It's like a whole big thing because he's lost like $44 billion on this stupid deal that he did. So he hasn't paid any of those people. And the three engineers that are trying to keep this damn thing running as it is zip-tied together and held together with duct tape, (laughs) it appeared as though Twitter was causing a DDoS attack against itself. Don't ask me what DDoS stands for because I cannot remember what it stands for. But it has to do, it's a denial of service. It's something denial of service dastardly there you go dastardly denial of service (laughs) but what happens is like if you hack a website and you're trying to give it a ddos failure you create a bot that will hit this site with a bunch of requests to see the things on the site hundreds of times a second and it just can't keep and it just locks it up it overwhelms it okay so that's what it looked like was going on from people that had managed to get in there and kind of look at the data, like what the fuck is going on, but they couldn't figure out why it was happening. Then we find out that the reason this DDoS attack was happening on Twitter from Twitter is because it is the first day of Q3, quarter three of the year. Twitter's bill was due for their server storage over at Google. Because Elon had made a deal with Google for $1 billion to service his site on their servers, on their cloud servers. And he didn't pay them. Ah. So Google turned off the servers today. (laughs) (laughs) And because there's only three people or however many people are at the helm, they don't have enough time to go in there and change these routes where these things are trying to get data from the servers okay so it's still hitting that old server that doesn't exist anymore because google has turned it off so it keeps requesting and requesting and requesting and requesting hundreds of thousands of times a second sometimes and it overwhelms the site and it's causing it to go down so by being stupid by being greedy and by being a petulant little child Elon has taken one of the best working social media sites on the internet and turned it into a glitchy, buggy mess that people are still on only because they want to watch it fail. That's literally the only reason I'm on it. 
I go on there every day to see what new horror awaits for Twitter users. I thought MySpace was still the big one. <laughs> well, I, see, Tom, see, Tom on MySpace did the right thing. He got his site working good. He sold it to somebody else. He fucking dipped. He didn't mess with us. <laughs> he let us have a good site. We could have our little top eight people. We could have our little song playing. When people came to visit our site, we could have our little glitter text that showed our name and all kinds of stuff. Hell, that MySpace is how I learned how to code websites. Because you could learn how to code by, by fixing up your page. Yeah. Tom did it right. He wasn't an asshole like Elon. And he wasn't a dumbass like Zuck. You know, those two have... Uh, I can't remember which one challenged the other to a cage match, but apparently it's going down. Didn't Elon and Zuckerberg? Yeah, it's Elon and Zuckerberg, but I can't remember which one challenged which. I think Elon... or Somebody may have said something about the two of them fighting in a cage match, and Elon's like, yeah, I can do it. And then Zuck's like, bring it the fuck on, because I do jujitsu, motherfucker. And then Elon's like, well, I do street fighting with no rules and they're like slapping at each other and it's really funny and honestly i've never rooted for zuckerberg so hard in my entire life i just want to see elon musk get his ass kicked <laughs> i desperately want to see that not that i'm rooting for zuck but out of the two <laughs> you're not voting for one you're voting against the other yeah pretty much the uh, the coliseum in rome has offered the coliseum for this particular cage match which it may not happen because Elon's mommy said no. Aww. Aww. She said she's going to shut down the fight and not let them fight. Because she doesn't want to see her bestest little boy get his nose broken. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I guarantee you that, that, that fucking fight would probably last about 15 seconds. And then <laughs> Zuck's going to get Musk and an arm bar and it's going to be over with. <laughs> Call me daddy, you bitch. <laughs> Call me daddy and I'll let you up. <laughs> but it's just funny that Elon's mo Elon's mommy was like, no, no, you're not doing it. Oh, uh, one other thing I had written down before we stray too far. Lindsey Graham got booed off the stage at a Trump rally the other day. <laughs> and it cracks me up because nothing, nothing too bad can ever happen to Lindsey Graham. See, I'm still trying to figure... I, I need to know more about that. On why did they boo him off? Well, because Lindsey Graham has always been a Trump bootlicker. And he was the one that was on that interview on Fox or wherever it was about to break down and cry. He was... His eyes were red and oh my puffy, God. and he was about to start crying because they're just they're 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 just bleeding this man dry of all his money. <laughs> yeah, because they, they just keep doing all this stuff. They're trying to bleed him dry. And you need to go to this website and give him money and quit. Give him money because. Ugh. But let's see. Holy crap! Could you have possibly done that louder? Uh, give me another chance. Hang on. <laughs> um. Let's see. He stumped for. Uh, Trump at a rally in his home state of South Carolina with reporter with supporters giving him a thumbs down as he left the stage. Let me tell you how to win an election, folks, Graham told the crowd of Trump supporters in Pickens, South Carolina. You get people together that don't agree all the time on the most important things. 
My hope is that we can bring this party together because he's going to be our nominee, Graham continued, among a stream of soft booing from many in attendance. He will be the nominee of the Republican Party, and let me tell you what's at stake. If they win in 2024, they're going to pack the Supreme Court. So we need to get off our butts and make sure that Donald Trump wins. If they win in 2024, Puerto Rico and D.C. will be states. Four Democrats for the rest of our lifetimes. They'll abolish the Electoral College. They will turn this nation upside down. There's one person running for the president as a Republican that has the ability to change this country. It is Donald J. Trump. He did it once. He can do it again, he said. I'm going to help him all over this country, folks. I am from South Carolina. He's going to win South Carolina. This is the pathway to the presidency. God bless you all. God bless President Trump and God bless America. Immediately after his remarks... Graham paced to the left of the stage and exited among a roaring crowd of disgruntled Trump supporters who booed at the senator and gave him a thumbs down. (laughs) Graham, who spoke for about five minutes at the rally, was also booed when he first took the stage. Once at the podium, Graham paused as the booing drowned out what he had to say. Welcome to Pickens. Thanks a bunch, he said. Well, you want to find something in common? (laughs) As the booing continued, Graham told the crowd, Calm down for a second. I think you'll like this. Pickens County has had more Medal of Honor winners per capita than any place in the nation. I was born in this county. I would live 15 minutes down the road. (laughs) The crowd crowd cheered at Graham's remarks about Trump, but went right back to shouting down the senator and his remarks. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Let's see. Um, They called him a traitor over his comments about Trump following the 2020 presidential election. You know it was rigged. So okay, so they don't like it because he doesn't in, he doesn't uh, buy into the big lie. That's what it is. Oh. Okay. Because he has said and he's been on the record that Trump lost in 2020. So they don't like him because he doesn't subscribe to the big lie. Oh, okay. It's just absolute bullshittery. That's all that is. That is people being stupid. <sighs> Anyway. You gotta give Trump credit though. He's really good at getting stupid people to send him money. He really, really is. I'm sorry. If you send him money, you're fucking stupid. Yeah. And and, and that goes for, for anybody that does it and, and I'm including my parents in that because I have no doubt that they've sent Trump money. Probably. I really do. I was actually the last time I was at home, which was a long time ago, um, I was actually surprised that I didn't see a red MAGA hat on my dad's hat rack. Ugh. I know. But, you know, the the last time I darkened the door of that church was when my mother handed out that prayer for Trump. That's the last time I ever went to church over there. And I hope she knows that that's the last time I ever went. And, and that's the reason that was the last time I ever went. Because I didn't see them, I didn't hear them praying for for Obama. I didn't hear them praying for anybody except for their little beloved Republican leaders. And they don't give a shit what these people do when they're in office as long as they're just not a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Because they have been raised and they and they give this to their children that Democrats are evil no matter what. And I just, I can't, at this point in my life especially, I just, I can't subscribe to something that says that everybody's evil all the time. Even Donald Trump isn't evil all the time. That's, that, that, that's a physical impossibility. Well, what, what do they say? But, but he's dumb all the time. Yeah. <laughs> what do they say? Even Hitler had good paintings? I mean, you know, like, not, not everybody is, is one thing all the time. We are more complex than that. But, um, no, I don't think Hitler had good paintings. I think he was a 
passe artist at best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, there's my there's my Hitler views for the for the moment. So you talking about painting made me think about that. Uh, what was it Domingo German? Domingo German. Mm-hmm. What's that? Or Domingo Herman? How are you pronouncing the, the guy that threw the perfect game for the Yankees? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Do you, wait. Do you know why that? Why painting made me think of that? Because you paint the corners. Paint the corners. See? Yeah. See. I didn't know you. I didn't know you knew that. You knew that. Just a bit outside. Tried for the corner. I didn't know if you knew. It. I didn't know. I would not have guessed that you knew yeah, what painting the corners I've, means. Well, I only know it because of you. Because I've heard you refer to painting the corners before. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if I ever said that to you. Or yeah, not. yeah. Sometimes when we're watching baseball, you'll say something about he painted the corner. And... Painting them corners, man. <laughs> I, 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 the the two pitchers I can always remember that the, the paint quarters better than anybody was Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin. I mean, Tom Glavin pitch against right-handed batters. I mean, just that outside corner, every fucking pitch, it just pop, pop. It just, it was incredible how accurate they were. But anyway, that was the fourth, the fourth perfect game in Yankees history. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong the other day. That is actually the 24th perfect game in Major League history. I actually knew that, believe it or not. And 22 of these 24 have all been since 1901. Wow. So, yeah, that was... Extremely rare. Yeah. Extremely but rare. But it always... And, and I'm saying this because I was a pitcher. Okay? Unless... He strikes out 27 hitters that he faced. It's not a perfect game. He didn't... No, no, no. The pitcher didn't throw a perfect game. His fielders played a perfect game. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't happen. He just happened to not walk anybody. Because pitchers very rarely pitch all nine innings. Right. Unless you're unless you're fucking Verlander and you just don't stop. I mean, if you're still in control and you're still... You're not showing any major signs of fatigue... Um, if you still like that, say you haven't lost, I mean you're going to lose velocity, but you, as long as you don't lose, start losing your location, and even if they do, you, they can start seeing you waver off. If you've got a perfect game or no hitter going, they're not going to pull you out. Mm. They're going to let you go until something happens. You know. What well, did he face? Twenty-seven batters? Then? Oh no, he yeah. Okay, so he pitched the entire thing. Yeah. Okay. But he didn't strike them all out. Well, I thought a perfect game was... 27 up, 27 down. Yeah. But he didn't strike out 27 people. How many did he strike out? I, I don't know. He may have only struck out five. Who knows? I don't know. Well, then it's then it's not a perfect game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a perfect I, game is when no one reaches first base. Right. I thought that was a no-hitter. No. Well, a no-hitter... So what's you, the, you can still get a... A pitcher can still have a no-hitter... You're gonna have to explain okay. the two because I thought All a perfect right. no, game no, here, was, here's was this. I, okay. I thought a perfect game was not it was twenty seven up, twenty seven down, and that a no hitter was maybe they got on base but they didn't score any no 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 no. Um, it was that your fielders help you with the um, the no hitter 
but the perfect game is all the pitcher because it's 27 up, 27 down. No. So why have I misunderstood this so badly? Well, I'm trying to, but you won't shut up long enough. I'm trying to explain I to you. I swear to everything unholy, I will beat the ever-loving shit out Don't of you. Don't swear to me like that. <laughs> um, you can actually, and I know this from personal experience, I almost lost a game that I had a no-hitter in. We won, and I had a no-hitter. Mm-hmm. We won two to one. And I had a no-hitter. I think you're wrong. No. I think you're wrong about that. I think I'm right about what they are. <laughs> Please don't hit me. <laughs> because a no-hitter is just when you don't give up any base hits. Okay. If your fielder makes an error and the guy gets on base. Okay. So, like still, your catcher. He still gets on Oh, so the guy hits a ground ball in your short, into your shortstop and he throws it over the first baseman's head. Okay. Which happened. So that's and, an error. And, and that's an error. That's not a hit. They still have no hits. But when he made that throwing error, that dude made it all the way to third base. Mm-hmm. Right? Then the next guy up hits a fly ball to the outfield. The guy catches it. He tags up, goes home, and scores. Okay. That's a sack fly. That's not a hit. So I gave up a run without ever giving up a hit. That really just feels like you were splitting hairs but down to the just the... if once a guy... Like, if you're not giving up anything, you're working on a perfect game. But if you walk somebody or somebody gets to first, that perfect game is gone, but you still have a chance of getting a no-hitter. Because you could walk 10 fucking people and still have a no-hitter because you're not, you haven't given up any hits. A perfect game means it was perfect. Not a single person got on base on the other side. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is... <laughs> That's the dumbest explanation. Mine was better. <laughs> no, because you're a fucking idiot. You, know what I mean? <laughs> you just don't know shit about baseball. Don't argue with me about baseball. I know more than you. I'm, I, 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 there's I a understand. lot of shit you know more about, but I am fucking right on this. I, I know that you're right. I, I'm not saying that you're wrong. What I'm saying is that's a dumb way to differentiate the two, and my way is better. No. That's, yes. That's not a dumb way. A perfect game is perfect. That means nothing happened. Yes, exactly. Nothing happened. 27 up, 27 down. I'm not talking about fucking errors or anything else where somebody can get on base and you still have a fucking perfect game. No, nobody gets on base. Nobody gets a hit. It's all a beautiful, perfect game. It's 27 up, 27 down. It's all on the pitcher. No, because <laughs> there's never been a perfect game out of those 24 that were all the pitcher. Well, then there's never been a perfect game, sir. Yes, there has. There's been 24 of them. See, this is where... So you're thinking a perfect game is that the pitcher struck out Uh 27 people. Yeah. No, a perfect game is you you faced 27 batters and all 27 of them got out. Nobody got on first. Ground outs, fly balls, strikeouts, whatever. But like if, if there's an error or a walk, that perfect game is gone. See, I think that baseball is one of those games where... I'm right and you're wrong? Yeah, okay. All right, moving on. That there's so little action. Oh, that, I can prove hang you on, wrong on that Hang on, too. hang on. Just bear with me I'll here. i prove you wrong on that. Hang on. There, 
it's it's not it's not like football where there's like bam 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 something happens something happens something happens something happens right and you're and you're bound by a clock okay Move so this own. this is the first year that we've had a pitcher uh, that we've had a pitching clock all right it's the first year that we've ever had to speed these games along so we're going to see what happens to the statistics on stuff like this but i really think that the reason that baseball is so statistics heavy and they and and they split hairs on every little fucking thing is because the guys up in the box got so fucking bored watching the games that they're like, well, we're going to make this a thing. We're going to start tracking this thing so that we'll have something else to track. And we're going to track whether or not this guy pitches better against right-handed batters on away games at 7 o'clock at night versus 9 a.m. morning on a home game facing a left-handed batter. Well, it and we're going to... he's right-handed or left-handed. Because that's why, yes, why if you have a right-handed pitcher... <laughs> And you have a switch hitter; they're gonna always bat left-handed. But that's not just from stupid, some little weird statistic. I, I'm not saying it that's is. That's just because you can see the ball coming out of a left-handed hand better if you're right-handed hitter. I am not denying that these statistics exist. I'm not denying that there is an advantage versus one way versus the other. I'm saying if you look at the type of statistics that they follow in baseball versus the type of statistics that they follow in literally any other sport. They're wildly more intricate in baseball than they are in football. You're not going to see somebody go, okay, this guy does better when he starts with his right foot. You're not going to see that in football. But in baseball, you might. This guy does better when he jumps the baseline when he's going to the dugout versus when he doesn't jump the, the baseline when he's going to the you dugout. You think that all those football players going on in that field don't have little have little things that they do before they go on off that field I don't field think every it's time? nearly as obvious, and I don't think it's tracked quite as closely as it is in baseball. <laughs> I'm just saying, but... I'm not saying they're not just as superstitious as baseball players, but you know as well as I do that baseball players are some of the most superstitious motherfuckers out there. Oh, I know, because I like to freak out when my necklace broke. Yeah, exactly. And remember, and we've talked about this guy before. I was talking about him the other night to somebody. I don't even remember who it was. I just know it was a major league game because you were on the road and I was calling the games in my terrible shitty way. Fly ball. Fly ball. Caught. Caught. But I was watching this pitcher, and he had two necklaces on, and one of them was longer than the other one. And he had two shirts on. I remember that because he had his undershirt and then he had his jersey on. And I remember every time he pitched, the necklaces would be outside of his shirt. And he would take the long one and he would tuck it into his undershirt. And then he would take the short one and put it on the outside of his jersey. Every single time. And then he would pitch and then refix them. And then pitch and then refix them. And I guarantee you, if he did not have on both of those necklaces and did that before every single fucking pitch, he would probably look like Wild Thing before they got him his glasses. Probably. Because that's part of his routine, and that's part of his superstition, and that's part of the thing that he has to do in order to get the pinch across the plane. <laughs> I agree. I mean, if you think it works, it works. Exactly. It's like my date piercing to get rid of migraines. If, if you think it works, it works. And I mean, so therefore, I, I never stepped on the baseline. <laughs> There's some, what, who was that dude that jumped it every single time? Like I did. Well, but, but there was some Major League Baseball player that was, that was like There's his whole big thing. some. It's very seldom. Most pitchers will will jump that line. There's I hard, why. there's not very many. I don't know, <laughs> but there's not very many to do that step on it. 
I want to see the pitcher that does step on it. Like that's part of his routine. Like you have oh, to. Oh, well, I on played the in college. The guy did. He and made he, sure he stepped on the baseline every time. With his right foot or his left foot? Because I bet that made a difference. I'm too. sure it made a difference too. <laughs> but I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention. But I guarantee I know he did. <laughs> oh God, that's awesome! I love baseball players. I especially love pitchers because I got a butt on them. Mm-hmm. I do. I like watching that pitcher's butt. Like, I like watching Verlander pitch. Like, you he's like got watching butt. Verlander's butt. I really like watching Verlander's butt. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not one of those girls that likes these little frog-ass guys. I like I like a, I like like a guy that, you know, it's like got some substantial drunk junk in their trunk. And pitchers tend to have that. And I like it. But see, with pitchers, we're always odd-shaped, too. <laughs> Why do you say that? It's like when I had to go get a, uh, a suit. And I had to get one to, like tailored because your right arm is bigger than your left oh, my arm. right on my right shoulder <laughs> and whatever this muscle is right here underneath your your arm and that your trap muscle it was it was like way bigger everything was like huge on this side and it looked like i was a cancer patient on the other side did you not compensate for that in the weight room at all you try but your arm you're never going to get the same amount of workout because your right arm is constantly getting worked out why wouldn't you do d- dumbbell curls on the left side to kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, just kind of well, compensate on that? Well, you do, but you're, you're never going to be able to get a, the, enough in. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm speaking from going to the gym for the last few weeks and knowing what I know about going to the gym. It's all, doing the, doing yeah, the barbell. She's a couple of weeks now. She's a professional. Hey, I was a gym rat for several years, and you know that. Mm-hmm. So, you can kiss my ass. But there's a difference between doing a barbell curl and doing a dumbbell curl. Mm-hmm. A huge difference. Because when you're doing a barbell curl, if one of your arms is weaker than the other one, you can compensate with the, with the stronger arm, with that barbell, because it's, you're helping your other arm pick it up. But with a dumbbell curl, or when you're doing like preacher curls or something like that with dumbbells, you're getting the same amount of work on each arm because you're not compensating. Right. So it just seems, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not the fitness guru. I'm not the fitness expert, so I, I don't know. But it just seems like in a situation like that, you're gonna pitch with your right arm, but do dumbbells with your left arm to try to even that out. I guess. <laughs> you're so funny. I don't. You're lucky. You're just a damn cute. I am. I'm adorable. <laughs> Especially when you start trying to explain baseball stuff. That's just, it's so cute. I'm not trying to explain baseball stuff. I'm giving you my perspective on it and allowing you to correct it as we go. I'm not an asshole about it. Then you're like, you didn't want to believe me. I'm telling you, it doesn't make sense. It's not that I don't believe you. I know that that's how it's done. I know that that's how the perfect game is calculated. I know the stuff. I'm saying it doesn't make sense. And my way is better. I want to know if there's ever been a game in history. Because, you know, an immaculate, you know, I know you know what an immaculate inning is. Okay. I want to see an immaculate game. And what are you considering that? Nine pitches and the batter's down. Huh? No. Three pitches. Three pitches and the batter's down. Three pitches and the batter's down. That's what I want to see. Every single batter. That would be an immaculate game. 
only gets three pitches? Three pitches. And he's down. So nine pitches would end the inning. That's an immaculate inning. Nine pitches. I want to see it. I want to see an immaculate game. Nine innings of nine immaculate innings. Shit. <laughs> I've thrown one. And I had to argue with my coach to get that one. So when we were doing inter-squad when I was in college. My senior year. He you was, threw an immaculate inning? Yeah, they were watching our pitch count. And I, I was keeping up with it because I knew how many pitches I had. And uh, coach, I came out of the inning and coach was like, all right, man, well, you're done. I was like, the hell I am. He said, what are you talking about? I said, you you're, 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 you don't have enough pitches to do an inning. I said, bullshit, I got nine pitches left. Mm-hmm. He goes, "What? no. I said, no, no, no. You said this was my pitch limit. I have nine pitches left. I want my nine pitches. <laughs> and he goes, you know what? Fine. He said, but you get nine pitches, not one more. I don't give a damn, not one more. I said, all right. And I went out there, and I got warmed up. We got ready to start the inning, and catcher started calling signs. I'm like, hey, fuck all that. <laughs> I don't need you to call signs. You set up in the middle. I'm throwing nine fastballs, I'm telling you, from the mound. Nine fastballs as hard as I can. I'm aiming right for the middle because I'm not going to try to paint. Because I'm going to be bearing down so hard, my accuracy is going to be off a little bit. Mm-hmm. That way I've got room to, to to still hit the plate. And the, the, the batters knew it. And I threw nine fastballs as hard as I fucking could. And I got three strikeouts on nine pitches. And I walked back to the other duck, walked back to the dugout. And my coach was just like, he's, I, I can still picture the look on his face. And he went, motherfucker. <laughs> We were talking about uh, baseball superstitions at work uh, yesterday, and uh, we were talking about because I, I told him about your deal with the dipping, how yeah. how you know you had to you went you went zero and five, and then you started dipping again and like didn't lose a game for the rest of the season. Yeah, I went from zero and five to nine and five, <laughs> but what was bad is I was zero and five, but I still had an ERA under two. That's pretty good. Pretty damn good. That um, that uh, newspaper article that we have up on the wall right there from when you were in uh, in high school. high school. That ERA is pretty damn high though, isn't it? On that. I don't remember what it was. It's like over. It's like over a over a three, I think. But I think you said that your coach was lying about that because you didn't want the other teams to know. Oh, well, like yeah, how good well, you were doing. Yeah, he wasn't talking about my ERA or my. Uh, he didn't what the fastball really was. Yeah, he refused to let anybody know how fast you were actually pitching, including you. Yeah, I knew. Cause I knew people. I knew the people that, that used the fucking radar guns. They told me. <laughs> That's why I got pissed when that thing came out and said I was throwing eighty four. Like, no, I wasn't throwing eighty four, buddy. I was throwing ninety four, and that was on the I was on the slow jugs. They probably couldn't say that you were pitching faster than eighty four, just because. When you've got a high schooler that's pitching that fast. Oh, okay. Let's say you were junior high and you were pitching in the high 80s. Yeah. They're going to stop you from doing that. Because it's going to mess up your arm if you keep doing that. No, 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 no. You're wrong. You're wrong. Okay. The What's going to fuck up your arm more than anything is mechanics. Mm-hmm. Which I had some horrible mechanics because I didn't really have it. I never really had a pitching coach. Mm-hmm. Until you were in college. And then I got tired of always having arm problems, and that's when I really started watching the pitchers that I 
that I thought looked really smooth when they pitched. Mm-hmm. I watched, I recorded games and I watched them and I and I mimicked them. John Smoltz was one because oh, he was said, the main one. Yeah, and that and I hate when I'm seeing like these little league world series and you have these eleven and twelve year olds out there throwing curveballs. Mm-hmm. That's gonna fuck up their. They're they're not gonna have a career. They're mm-hmm. not gonna have a very long career. Because they're, t- they're too young pitching these weird pitches. Your, your, your elbow is not developed enough to handle that at that age to handle that they're gonna pressure. They're going to need that Tommy, Tommy, Tommy John. Tommy John's there, Yeah. That's going to fuck up their arm. You should not. Mm-mm. You can throw other things. Okay. Don't let them throw curveballs. Mm-hmm. Don't let them throw curveballs at that age. And don't let them throw split fingers at that age. Mm-hmm. And, but they can let them, throw, let them throw their fastball. Teach them the difference between a four seam and a two seam. It's mm-hmm. a different pitch. Change-ups. Mm-hmm. Sliders. Mm-hmm. And you had all those pitches. Yeah. And so, you don't need a curveball. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have one. Well, you didn't have one until you were in college. I never had one. You had a slurve. I had more of a kind of a slurve kind of pitch, but it was not a curveball. It kills me. And, and I know you're doing this because you know what the pitches look like and, and everything. But, like, I can sit there and be watching a game and I'll be like, oh, yeah, okay. That one kind of went to the right and that one kind of went to the left and da 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 And you're watching this going, oh, that was a slurve with this much da 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 And it did that. And you're, like, giving me, like, the actual names for these pitches. And, oh, that was a four-seam fastball. That pitch was rotating. How the fuck could you tell it was a four-seam fastball? Especially when it tailed to the right. Is that not a curve ball? Like, I don't understand. The well, ball if it, curved. <laughs> if it's a right-handed pitcher. I don't understand how you're looking at these and knowing because, what they okay, are. Right, a right-handed pitcher and say a right-handed hitter, right? Uh-huh. If you throw a two-seam fastball as a right-handed pitcher, it's going to tail in to that pitcher. So it's to gonna, the batter. It's so going to tail in to the right just a little bit. It's going to go straight until the last minute, and then it's going to fall to the right. Well, it's not going to fall, but it's, it, it's going to... It, it just kind of just tails. It doesn't break. It just it, it tails to the right. Mm-hmm. If you throw a four-seamer as a right-hander, it doesn't tail. Mm-hmm. It's going to go like an arrow. It's okay. going to go straight. Okay. And the reason is because when you throw a four-seamer, you've got all four seams getting the, uh, the friction off the air. Uh-huh. And they're getting it evenly. Evenly. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to keep it at a, at a steady rotation and go straight. Mm-hmm. When you throw a two-seamer... It you're only getting those two, and so it kind of makes it wobble, mm-hmm. and so it's catching the air different, and that's what causes it to move. And it also depends on how much movement you want is how close your fingers are together. Yeah, because they're two different links. They're two different links, and, and so the further it's gonna... you get them apart, the more they look like they're the same size. Right, and so it's going to come off your fingers and more evenly. It's going to spin. Like when I threw my two seamer, my fingers were together. Okay. I did not separate them at all. They were like this. I mean, Mm -hmm. they were right together because I wanted the most amount of movement as I could get. I guess what I don't understand is I can understand a fastball going straight. Like my brain will allow me to accept straight to the, straight to the, to the catcher's mitt. Mm -hmm. If it moves at all, to me, that means, oh, it curved. And I guess my brain doesn't understand well, yeah. the difference between a fastball that tails versus a curveball versus a slurve. Like, I don't understand all of those. Well, everything on a pitcher is going to – a right-handed pitcher, everything is going to curve away from a right-handed batter. If it's a curve or a slurve or a slider. So is – A changeup or a screwball is what it's called 
will move into a right-handed batter as a right-handed pitcher. So I guess I guess what I'm not understanding is all of these pitches are moving. Yes. So what makes a curve different from a slurve different from a fastball that tails? Is it where they start their movement? Okay, well, like if you start right, pick two pitches, uh, a curve and a slurve. Okay, a slurve is more or less a. It's it's kind of like an in between pitch between a slider and a fastball and a slider and a curve. Okay, and I, I guess I don't know what a slider is either. A slider is going to move like it's a right-handed hitter pitcher, right? Right-handed pitcher, right-handed batter. All right, your your slider is going to have more. Your your biggest part of your break is going to be away from the hitter. Okay. Like side side motion, it's going to be more your side motion. And it it's starts, going to drop some just because that's just gravity. But it starts that motion real close to the plate, though. Somewhat. Okay. Your curveball is going to have more of a top to down motion. It's not going to, it's like a curve is going to do more from top to down. A slider is going to go right to left and a slurve kind of, kind of like in between. Kind of cuts kinda toward the bet- middle. Kind of like a, di- more of a diagonal. Okay. But it doesn't have anything to do where these things start that curve. Well, it all, all, because where it's going to start curving is all going to depend on how the pitcher throws it. It's going to depend on how hard you throw it. I mean, it's there's how much rotation you get off of it. There's mm-hmm. there's all kinds of shit that goes. I just it's still to me. I, I know what you're getting at. Yeah. Because it's always been weird to me as well. It's like when you when you when you throw that slider. It's like how, how does it always start that slide at the same spot you know yeah yeah like <laughs> at the same distance you're at 60 feet six inches so at 54 feet it starts to move me or something mm-hmm. it's like I, I that that part of it just it was always really weird to me but you understand what i'm saying oh, yeah, right I you understand know like exactly I, what you're saying okay but it's just i, I don't know why it starts <laughs> in the same spot every time but it's not going to either but it's it's it like i said it all depends on how hard you throw it how you grip it how much rotation do you get? Grip it and rip it. That's golf. <laughs> I don't want to talk about golf. No, I don't want to talk about golf either. <laughs> we need to watch more baseball. Baseball season's on right now, isn't it? Yeah. Why are we not watching baseball right now? I don't know. We need to be, especially the Braves and the Rangers. The Rangers are still at the top of their division, right? I'm pretty look sure at, they are. Look it up and see. But yeah, I mean, I just... Because you said the it was it was uh, Rangers Astros one and two in their division. Yeah, last time I checked. But uh, yeah, like see, as far as you're talking about curveballs, I uh, <laughs> I had to do what's called just I just put that one in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. Well, you you didn't ever really have a curve. No, I, I tried. I tried all the fucking time to throw it. I had different pitching coaches try to get me help me throw it, and I never could do it. And then, so it was always, you know what, well, fuck it, I'm just going to throw a fastball, and I threw a circle curve. I mean, a circle change. And what that was is when you hold it, you're actually doing like an okay sign. Mm-hmm. You're telling somebody okay, but you're holding a baseball in it. Okay. And you got more movement off of it because what you would do 
Because you didn't want to change your arm motion. Because mm-hmm. you don't want them to see you change your you, arm motion. You want it to be this. You're basically, I'm throwing this change up as hard as I fucking can. But that fastball with that motion was going 98. The change up's going like mid 80s. Mm-hmm. Maybe. That was. But that- I would throw it. The way he taught me to throw it was do like the okay, and I would throw it off of my sign language finger and my ring finger. Mm-hmm. And I started playing around with it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to, instead of doing a circle with those two and throwing it off these fingers, I end up holding it like this, and I was actually throwing it off my ring finger and my pinky. Mm-hmm. And once I got to where I could control that, like especially when I was pitching in the minors, and they asked me, how were you holding your change up? And I told them. And he goes, you learned to control it like that. And I was like, yeah, it's just, I, when I threw one, I realized it had so much more movement. That's what I started. Here I was throwing 98, and I bet you 75% of the pitches they called for me to throw was that damn changeup. Because mm-hmm. it had so much movement. stupid trying to hit it. Because you were giving it everything you had, and it was just like, Well, okay, so that that was another thing I want to ask because I watched somebody the other day on TikTok, um, and I can't remember. Rangers are still in first place over the Astros by five games. Okay, so I I watched a a game on TikTok, um, or part of a game, um, but the pitcher pitched a fastball, and the guy swung at it and looked stupid. And then the very next pitch that he pitched was ah, 50 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And he just basically tossed it. You know what that's called? And the guy swung at it. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, because it didn't even look like he was pitching hard. He wasn't trying to pitch hard. He just kind of lobbed it across the plate. There's a name for that pitch as well. What is that? The fuck you? Nope. What it's is called it? called an ephus. Ephus? Because somebody by the last name Ephus did that in a game one time in the majors. <laughs> and this I dude mean, it looked, looked like, like a he t-ball was trying coach, to play, like, like he was trying to play slow pitch softball. Yeah, that dude damn near killed himself trying to hit that fucking thing. I did it. To, I did it to a guy in summer league one time. <laughs> I saw his eyes get big. <laughs> he spun around, hit the ground. He swung so hard. He's like, throw it again. I'm like, nope. You only get one of those, buddy. <laughs> I watched a compilation on TikTok the other day that was fun because it, it sends me a lot of baseball stuff because I send that stuff to you so you can see it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a compilation of uh, people having fun on the field like during these major league games. And one of them, uh, the guy didn't pitch like a real fast pitch, but I guess he lost control of it or something because it hit the guy in the arm. It hit the batter in the arm. And he just like sees it hit Flailed him. on the ground. And like fell on the ground and just laid there. <laughs> Everybody knew he was fine. You know? Yeah. It, it, you know, he was fine, but he was just like playing it up for the cameras. You know, just like, uh. I, I love saying shit like that. Like, <laughs> like, I, like I've seen like, because, like, you know, we talked before about a lot of these guys that are playing against each other. At one point in time or another, they probably played on the same team. Right? Yeah, in the minors, in the, you know, it's just like, wherever. Like there was one I saw a guy who was on first base, the first baseman, and the guy's, the, the guy, there's a runner on first. You know, he's getting ready to take his lead. And these guys will have different batting gloves that they wear. Mm-hmm. From when they're batting and what's different ones from when they're running the bases. Because some of them will have those little those mittens, so they mittens, or yeah. they'll have like extra padding over the fingers, mm-hmm. right, to keep from getting stepped on with the spikes. Right. Sometimes they'll give them to the first base coach. Sometimes they throw them in their back pocket. Uh-huh. So like I saw this one 
one gave this guy, he got on the mat, and he looked over and he saw the guy's gloves sticking out of his back pocket. So as soon as he starts to take his lead off, he grabs some of them gloves and throws it out there <laughs> and trying to get the guy to go get it. And the guy looked over and he, and the pitcher did like that. <laughs> and the guy's like, you almost got me. <laughs> but he was trying to get him to go get his glove. Yeah. And so when he got back on there, he got, and they were laughing about it. And as soon as, as, soon as he started stepping off the bag again, he grabbed his glove and was like, Threw it on the ground again. He's you see that guy back there doing like, like swatting at him. He was alone. <laughs> there was one that I saw where the guy was taking his lead off of first, and he was he was watching real close. But for just a split second, he took his eyes off the pitcher, and the first baseman clocked it and went <laughs> in the glove, <laughs> and the guy went whoo and like ran back to the base. <laughs> there was no pitch. <laughs> But he, he he scared that guy. It was great. <laughs> oh, and there's a there's a hang on. Let me uh I gotta get See, this. Guy's I, name. I, oh my god, that reminded me I was we were in little leagues. And I I'll never forget uh my cousin, he and I were on the same team and he hit a pop up to the first baseman. Uh-huh. Right? And of course, you know, you always taught little leagues, run it out, run it out, run it out. You know, run hard because you never know, right? Uh-huh. So it was a pretty good pop up. And he starts going down to first. And as soon as that guy was about to catch the ball right by the bag, uh-huh. that's where my cousin was at going to, right? Right. He stops in the baseline, starts flailing his arms in there. And just, I'm not going to do it because it's on a microphone. Right. But screams bloody murder at this kid that's playing first base trying to catch this ball. It freaked, the, freaked him the fuck out. <laughs> he didn't know what was going on. He, like, jumped out of the way. The ball hit, and he was safe. <laughs> but, he, but he did. He, looked, he was just like... <laughs> Just as loud as he could. <laughs> it's the funniest damn thing, but it scared the shit out of that dude. He, he, he got on first. <laughs> so Oral Roberts has a really cute way of rewarding players who get on base. Their first base coach and their third base coach have gummy worms in their pocket. And anytime these guys get on first base or on third base, they give them a little gummy worm. What they team just, is that? Th- uh, this is a... Uh, uh, they were play. This was on ESPN the other day. It was when they were uh, playing. Um, they were playing Oregon. This is college baseball. College baseball. Yeah, this is college baseball. But uh, you, you'll see the coaches whenever the guys get on base, they'll come at them with a gummy worm, and they'll just eat the little gummy worm. It's <laughs> their little reward for getting on base. <laughs> well, see, I like the team that had the different baby shark things. Like if a guy got a single, they'd do the little baby shark with with one finger with like and one, one thumb. finger and thumb. But if they happen to get a double or a triple, they got a double. It was like a full a thing. Full if they hit a home run, they'd come down to the whole. Daddy. Yeah. And <laughs> Who was that? Who did the daddy show? Because that was like his thing. I want to. What team was that? I'm trying. Baseball wasn't that the Nationals? Daddy Shark. Let me see. Um, uh, Gerardo Para. Washington Nationals. Nationals. Yeah, that it was the said? Nationals. Yeah. Yeah. And it was Para. Um, yeah, it was the Washington Nationals. Uh, and it, like started, it started back in 2019 it? when he played the Giants. And when he got his single, he did his little his little one-finger baby shark. And then when he got his doubled, he, he did the whole hand. And then he did the two hands for the for the daddy shark. Yeah. So. <laughs> like, he'd get the bat and the whole fucking stadium's up there doing daddy shark. <laughs> but and I, I guess I just like it because I like seeing... I like seeing seeing these guys not afraid of being silly. 
Yeah. Well, look, baseball is supposed to be a fun game. And that is the whole, to me, that's the point of playing a sport is ultimately you're out there to have fun. It's a game. And it's when it gets too serious, that's when it becomes not fun anymore. And why are you doing this? And da da da. And I understand professional sports have a, have more stakes because you're being paid to play. Like I get that. Um, but ultimately, it's it's a game, and you should be out there with people you like and that people you like playing with. And like that compilation that I showed you the other day with all these baseball players having fun on the field with each other, messing with each other from yeah. different teams. That's what you want to see out on the field. These guys actually genuinely like each other. Yeah. And they're having fun out there. Well, like, you know, like you saw the guy that he was trying to push the runner off the bag. <laughs> he was telling the guy, throw it, throw it. And he tried to push him off, throw it, throw it. <laughs> and they're just like, man, get away from me. <laughs> Still, my favorite, my favorite game that we ever watched was during COVID when they didn't have crowds. Oh, my gosh. And that pitcher pitched a ball. And the catcher missed it. Oh, the guy fouled it. Yeah, oh, yeah, something like foul-tipped yeah. It. He, he foul tipped it, and it caught it caught the umpire right in the mm-hmm. chest. Yes. And they didn't have any crowd noise, and they had not started piping in crowd noise at that point, so you could hear everything out on the field because the microphones were out there, right? And when that ball hit that umpire, you heard him go, "Oh shit!" You heard him go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> And he just kind of stood there for a minute, just kind of shaking it off, <laughs> and then went back to the game. But that was the best. That was the best game I have ever seen. That was so much fun to watch, <laughs> even though that poor umpire got it in the chest. <laughs> oh gosh, we're at uh, one one sixteen. You have anything else that you want to talk about tonight, honey? Uh, you've been, you started talking about baseball. I could do this shit all night. I know. Well, I've got a, I've, I mean, what is I, that, the I, Royals I had, that are playing right now? I've I had got, fun I've got the playing, game but, but yeah, I, I took that shit seriously. I mean. Well, I, I mean, you can take it seriously. I'm not saying don't take it seriously. I'm saying I like watching games where you can tell that not only are these guys taking it seriously because they're in it to win it, but they're also out there having a fucking blast. I mean, I, we had, our fun was, was talking shit. Yeah. To the other team. Yeah. That's when we had fun. I mean, like, I'll, I'll never forget because, like, one of the guys that was a good, played in, like, our rival school, uh-huh. I played with them in the summer leagues, right? So we played in the main, the main city for summer leagues once we got older. And we played together and we got to be pretty good friends. And we always told each other, hey, we ever play again on y'all's field. And we're each of, you know, we're pitching against each other. Mm-hmm. And if we, could, if we both get the bat. We, we get one good pitch right down the fucking center, not full speed, give you a chance to hit one out. Right. Right? But, of course, my coach fucker, fucker wouldn't let me bat whenever I was pitching. But uh, he got up to bat, and that first pitch, I didn't say anything to him. That first pitch I threw him was right down the fucking center, maybe about 75% max. So, Jose like, Altuve like would have cranked that shit out of the stadium. Like, well, anybody would have, really. Because yeah. it was right over the center of the plate, and it was just, I laid it in there for him. And it was so funny, because we, we had talked about doing that, right? Uh-huh. And after I threw that pitch, and he didn't swing at it. I think it caught him off guard, because it wasn't the normal speed. He He's like, oh. And then all of a sudden, he looked at me, and he looked, and he looked up at me, and he goes, Oh, Damn. He's, and this is out loud during the game. He's like, oh, damn, I forgot. Can I have another one? <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, sir, Mr. Smith. That's the only one you get. 
And he's like, oh, come on, man. I forgot. I'm like, nope, sorry. Nope, that's, that's your only one. That's well, your I, one I and only. I promised you one. That's all I'm giving you, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but like like during COVID, do you remember when they had the cutouts, the people cutouts? And yeah. you, could, you could pay to have your face up there. There was like one outfielder that he caught a fly ball. And you know how sometimes you toss it up in the crowd for some little kid, you know, so he can have it. Well, he went up there and there's all these little cutouts and he like tosses it at a kid's head. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that. Yeah, I mean, just silly stuff like that. Just, you know, kind of bringing a little levity to the game. Just having fun with it. Oh. Oh. He almost stole her. He got thrown out. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> we have the Kansas City game on right now. That's gutsy to try to steal third because that means, okay, if you if a guy steals second, it's either he's stealing it either on the pitcher or he's stealing it on the catcher. Uh, okay. Okay, because they either know the catcher's – oh, shit, he was safe. <gasps> oh, he was safe. They're going to They're going to challenge that, yeah. They need to challenge that because he was safe. Unless they're not challenging it. says they got oh. one out. Oh, maybe they didn't challenge it. Okay. Oh my goodness. But uh, those cute little running mittens that they got. I forgot on. what I was going to say now. Uh, you were saying something about uh, 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 fuck, I can't even remember now. <laughs> God dang it! <laughs> it was something good too. <laughs> Do I need to rewind the podcast Shit. to figure out what we were talking about? What was that? Oh, the the stealing. Yeah, stealing. Oh. Uh, that tie no. goes to the runner, man. He may have got him a leg for the foot hit. Tie goes to the runner. Anyway. Uh, so, stealing. If you steal <laughs> second, you're either stealing it on the pitcher or you're stealing it on the catcher. One of them's not paying attention. Well, they, they can pay attention, but, you know, you're talking about stats. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if they would ever let you go over to a, a dugout during a Major League Baseball game, you could ask one of those coaches, hey, this guy that's pitching against you when there's a runner on first, how long is it taking to throw? Mm-hmm. They're going to know from the time he starts his movement to how long it takes him to get to home. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Every time that catcher has thrown down the second, you got guys that they are starting that stopwatch. When, as soon as that ball hits his mitt and they're stopping that stopwatch, and they're like, okay, well, if the pitcher takes this long to this long, and the catcher takes this long to this long to throw it. And if this guy gets this much of a lead. He can make it. It's fast enough. He can make it. And so you're, as the defensive team, you got to either try to hold that guy on, make him stay a little bit closer, or the pitcher's got to speed up. Mm-hmm. Speed up his motion. His motion's too slow. Okay. Or the catcher is just not strong enough, not quick enough. Mm-hmm. But if you're still in third, catcher ain't got nothing to do with that shit. That's all pitcher. That's all pitcher. That's pitcher not paying attention, not seeing how big of a lead a guy's getting, or just getting in a... I guarantee you the guy was getting in a groove. Mm-hmm. And just wasn't paying attention. Well, they're going to look at, okay, well, when there's a runner on second and the guy looks over at you before he throws, he looks one time. And once he turns his head back, he ain't looking he again. He never looks again. You know, or, okay, well, this guy, if he picks off, he's going to look more than once. Okay, so he looked. So right now, that's probably why, because I've watched three pitches in a row, and he's done he's, the exact same thing. He's looked over, and he started his motion home 
right that, as he turned it. So head. that would be an easy one to, to snag. So see, third see if he off does of. it again right here. So he comes set right now. He looks, looks see, and then and soon as why he, did the guy not? Why did the guy not take it? Well, you don't really want to do it right now because you got a left-handed hitter up. Okay. If you're trying to steal third and you got that, that's, that's too much of an open throw for that for the catcher to throw to third. Okay. You got a a batter. A you want the batter bat. to block. It's kind of blocking a little bit. Okay, I so see. So that's what why you're, you're not doing it right okay. now. But okay. he's doing the same damn thing. He really is. And I guarantee you, that's why the guy tried to steal third because he knew he saw. as soon as his head started turning. That was it. He's, he's not, not going to. He's not turning. He's back. not going to turn back and look again. But but there's somebody on that other team that has clocked that motion that has oh, said, yeah. okay, all right, you need to go at this point. You need to go at this point. You need to go at this point. Well, they probably just said they're noticed that shit. He does the same thing every time. I mean, look, but, I, I picked up on it in three pitches that he did it. Well, what what kills me is that, like like you said, you picked up in three pitches that he did it. I was watching him too, and even my little dumbass picked up on it. Yeah. These guys are major league pitchers. This is what they do for a fucking living. And they're still making mistakes that you can exploit. And that, that just absolutely blows my mind because this is all these guys do all day, every day, is fucking play baseball and try to get better and try to get away from these little things. They change the signs up to make sure that nobody can steal them. And they do Ooh. this and they do that. And they have this to their motion and their coach catches this. and you know. But even, even, even then, he's still making an easy easily exploitable motion well it's like uh, uh steven steven strasberg during the playoffs a few a couple years ago when they were playing against the the astros in the playoffs astros this dude was a, he's a pretty dominant pitcher uh-huh astros were fucking teeing off on this dude until finally the coach somebody one of the coaches picked up on it went out there and talked to him and said dude you're tipping off your pitches yeah because when he would throw his fast, because something that he would do, I don't remember what it was. I think it was like how he would hold his hand in his glove, and he would like do something every time he threw an off-speed pitch, and he didn't do it every time he threw a fastball. And they clocked it real quick, didn't and they? And they picked up on it because you got people watching that shit. <clears throat> You're looking for anything, mm-hmm. and he was. They realized that's what he was doing. He was tipping off his pitches, so they were just sitting there watching him. He's like. Based off just on what the pitcher was doing, it was like, shit, here comes that fastball. It's a tee off on your ass. And that's okay. what they did. Oh, okay. And once they told him, hey, you're tipping off your pitches, and it was something he had done in the past, and he's like, oh, shit. So he made sure he didn't do that anymore, or he switched it up. Mm-hmm. Then they couldn't hardly hit him anymore. Okay. It was like a col- totally different pitcher. Because I thought you'll see some guys, like, they'll, especially when there's not anybody on base, and you'll see they'll put their hand in their glove. And you'll see them kind of moving, like that guy right here is right there. Mm-hmm. You'll see them, they'll, they'll kind of move their hand around in their glove. Because they're trying to position the ball the way it needs to be. Well, you're already, every time you're holding that ball, you're holding it ready for a fastball. Mm-hmm. But what happens sometimes, like, if, and if they don't move their hand at all, mm-hmm. you're like. Okay, it's a fastball. He didn't do shit. And now you can see him moving his arm, moving his hand around, so he's changing his grip. So you know it's going to be something off speed different. or something. So, so that's when you would get to where you would. Okay, well, I'm still throwing a fastball, but I'm going to do this. And make them think that you're you know, throwing something. my hand something. around. Okay. I only want, and like the guys that throw split fingers, so they'll get it set for a split finger and then do that to change it later. It's a little bit like the card scene from Maverick. 
Stick with me here. I have a point. Remember when Mel Gibson first shows up at the card game and he says, I'm going to lose for an hour. Mm -hmm. And he loses for an hour. And he does goofy shit during that hour and he loses all of his money, right? And then he comes back and he wins fucking everything because he said, okay, it's been an hour. I'm not losing anymore. And then he, then he comes back. And when they were telling him that he cheated at the end of the game, he's like, no, 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 I was just looking at your tells. Mm -hmm. You, for example, take all of your front cards to the front and your back cards to the back and you move them around in order so that I know exactly what you've got based on where you're putting your cards. So he would always put them in numerical order. So he would be able to keep track of them easier. And Maverick was able to clock that like, okay, well, you're moving your high cards to the right and your low cards to the left. So I can kind of get an idea of what you've got. And you tap your teeth when you've got a, got a good, you know, or, or you hold your breath or you do this or and you do this. she twisted her hair. Twisted her hair, yeah. So it, it's, it's like that. So if, if he's doing the baseball equivalent of moving his high cards to the right and his low cards to the yeah. left then you're going to be able to clock those pitches every single time. Do I kind of have that? Yeah. Okay. And you, you'll still have some batters that'll try to be shitty and try to look back at the catcher and shit, try to, try to see if you can see what the pitches you are throwing. But that don't happen too often because that's a real good way to catch one in the ear. You, you, know, you know what I would love? You know how sometimes they mic up the, uh, the NFL players? Mm-hmm. I would love it if they mic'd up the catchers in baseball. Oh, God, that would be awesome. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the best? Because, because. No, no. If no. you want it to be the best, you mic up that catcher, that, uh -huh. his helmet, uh -huh. and don't fucking tell him you do it. <laughs> because I guarantee you those guys are a lot different when they know they're mic'd. Yeah. Oh, oh well, I mean, yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to make sure you're not cussing because it's, it's being broadcast and stuff like that, you know, things like that. But, but mic one of them without them knowing. So, that would be fucking awesome. You can't tell me that behind that mask right there, while that guy is doing desperately to get on base, and he and he made it to base, you can't tell me that that catcher that that catcher is not sitting back going, oh, he's fixing to fuck you up, oh, he's fixing to throw you an off speed oh, I, pitch. I know you did because he's I talked shit because I was a catcher until I got in high school. Yeah, I talked shit to every, I talked to every fucking batter up there. So it, like like in, like in Bull Durham when he said you threw him, you told him what I was going to throw, didn't you? Yep. And you can't tell me that catchers don't do that shit. Oh, I, man, I just told him to throw a fastball. That's what he's going to fucking throw. He's going to fucking throw a fastball. You know, and maybe they do and maybe they don't. But the pitcher's definitely, I mean, the catcher's definitely make, trying to make the batter believe something that may or may not be true because that's what you do. Is you're trying to get in their head. But I think that's one reason why I was kind of viewed as an asshole when I started pitching. Uh-huh. Because I was a catcher for so long. I still did that, but I did it from the mound. You were talking shit to him from yeah. the mound? <laughs> Like if I like if I fucked up on a pitch and just and they didn't swing at it and they really should have, I'd uh, be like, Oh oh man, dude, you did me a favor, man, not swinging that one, appreciate it. <laughs> or I'd get two strikes on them and it was like my best strikeout pitch. When I got two strikes on somebody is I'd throw a fastball as hard as I could about eye level. Because coming in right off the bat, it looks like it's a nice fat pitch. But by the time you get ready, to, you're already decided to swing. It's high, right? And when I throw it up and in like that, it's it's damn near impossible to fucking hit, right? And they swing at it, and sometimes they swing at some really bad pitches. And I'd be like, "Whoo, thank you, appreciate the help on that one." You know, why? What are you swinging at, dude? I mean, just, I, 
Just messing with them. I'm, I was talking shit. But the worst was <laughs> the game against Huntington. That was probably the worst I ever got, though. Because they were getting really pissed off. Because I right there on the mound told my catcher, dude, stop calling signals. I'm not. I'm throwing fastballs. That's the only thing I'm throwing. I'm not throwing anything else. I gave him the sign, <laughs> the signal for a fastball. Hey, this is what I'm throwing. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> and then my coach is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was like, "I'm not throwing anything else. They can't hit this one. Why would I throw anything else if they can't hit this one?" Except by you fastball. If it, I, I'm not going to change. Sorry. <laughs> if they hit it, start getting hits. I'll change. But after about the six or seven strikeout in a row, he was just like, and he, and he would like, and I'd come back in off the off the mound after the inning was over. Coach is like, "You're such an ass." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "But hey, you do you, man. You go ahead." And that's what I did. I just kept I just, on the same pitch. I want to see. I want to. I want to see, or I want to hear one of these guys swing for the fences and fucking almost come out of their shoes, right, and mm-hmm. miss. And I want to hear what the what the catcher says to them when they do something like that. I, like I want to hear, what did he do? No, that's the bastard that left Atlanta. Oh, <laughs> but Freddie I want Freeman. I want to hear what the catcher says to the batter when he swings so hard he almost comes out of his shoes and he still misses. I oh, want to. I need. You, I need you, to hear that. Oh, I'm guaranteeing it's like is the fuck you swinging at, dude. <laughs> the hell you doing whoa you look bad on that one like when that guy swung at that 58 mile an hour pitch i want to hear what that batter said to him because you know it was some fucked up shit when he said it you oh, yeah. know it was oh, yeah. i guarantee you because i what the it. fuck are you doing it's like what are you swinging at dude <laughs> or you know if they or if they have a good pitch that they miss that they should have hit mm-hmm. or they just completely miss it You'd be like, bet you wish you had that one, but that one again, didn't you? Don't you? Okay, explain to me something, uh, and this is something I've never, I've never understood about the bases. Um, you're running straight at first, and first is the only base you can come off of without getting tagged. As long as when you're you, running straight, you go straight, or you go straight and to the right. If you make any. Any inclination, any kind of movement towards second, you can be tagged. Okay, but as long as you're just running straight through the bag, mm-hmm. n- nobody can tag you. But that's the only base that can happen on. Like, right. if you do that for second, they can still tag you at any point during the run. Right. I, I don't understand why. What's the point of that? Honestly, I don't know. Are they trying to? Is it a, is it an ergonomics thing where they're trying to save these guys their knees from having to like? Because you're running full out at the back, right? Yeah. So maybe they're allowing them to run through it as opposed to running to it, so that they don't hurt themselves. I would. There's that, or there's I mean, got to be some yeah, reason. I think it's that, and just the fact that there's so many plays at first. It's 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 a safety thing. That's why, like, you'll even see in, like, uh, in some college games, you'll see it in high school games. You definitely see it in, like, little leaguer games. There's, because, like, the first base, when you're, if you're standing at home looking at first, right? Mm-hmm. The right side of the bag. is It hangs off the is, baseline. Is, no, it's is right on the edge of the baseline. 
Okay. The, the right side of the bag is the right side of the baseline. Okay. Then they'll have another bag, another first base in foul territory right next to it. Okay. That way, that runner, when he's going to first, if there's any kind of play at first, he has to run to that bag. Okay. To, pre- to prevent collisions. So, when I remember watching Little League, you know, the few times that, that, that we've gone and, and like high school games, it looked like they had a bigger bag no. at first base. No. So, it was just two of them right next to each other? If there was, if it looked bigger, it was, it was two next to each other, and that one on the outside of the baseline is the one in foul territory is the one the runner had to go to. I just remember watching the kids run through that bag, and they always kind of went to the right, yeah, and they, they hit the to. bag off to the right. They have to. Okay. All right. It's to protect that right that that fielder too, because he's not looking at you running down the baseline. You're standing right there. You know that first baseman standing there watching the play. And he has no idea where you're at. Right. He's looking at the ball. He's looking at the throw. He's trying to make sure the ball gets onto the bag. He's yeah. not worried about your ass. And is it is it to keep collisions from happening yes. as well? Yes. Okay. Okay. I, I just I, I never understood that. It's you a know, safety it's just, thing. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. We're then at, you know you had other things like you know like the the, the mound. Like from home plate to the rubber, supposed to be six feet six inches. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be. I was gonna say maybe sometimes it's not. <laughs> Your mound can only be so high. Maybe sometimes it's a little higher. <laughs> sometimes it wasn't quite that exact measurement. Okay, so having said that, they're supposed to be a certain height, and they're supposed to be a certain uh, uh, distance from from home plate. Why would the other team who is playing at your home facility not figure that out because the pitches are going to be a little different? Because you don't do it enough that really is you, you don't make it obvious. Like like a what's his face? Who got caught with the the under inflation uh in uh, in NFL? Who was that? Uh was it fucking Tom Brady? Yep. Okay, so Tom Brady underinflated footballs. Deflategate. Yeah, deflategate. So they figured it out when somebody who touches a lot of footballs felt one of them and it was like, oh shit, that's not right. Yeah. And so it, so I guess, I guess if you're used to playing baseball on a certain height mound and a certain distance, wouldn't you be able to clock that almost immediately? Okay. Uh, there, there's, the the there's, height you because that was one thing is the height uh-huh is you could definitely pick up on that quick as a pitcher okay but the distance you're not really gonna pick up on uh, there's NBA players who have been playing games like professional games in the middle of a game and been like whoa 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 we're stopping this game right now because there's a dead spot on this floor. Oh, that was Steph Curry boards. found one. Yeah, he's like, this is, and he figured it out because every time he hit it, hit the ball, hit the, hit that spot with the ball, it didn't dribble correctly. Yeah, it bounced differently. Yeah, and he was like, oh, whoa, whoa, we got to fix this because this is going to hurt somebody. Somebody's going to gonna get in this spot and it's going to throw off their game because they're going to hit it and they're going to expect it to do a certain thing and it's not going to do that thing and somebody's going to get hurt and we got to fix this immediately. So I guess if you've been on a field so much that you're, it's just intimately 
knowledgeable about how it's supposed to be. I guess I don't understand what advantage you would have if you changed it for your home field. Because you would have an advantage home field. I get that. But your opponents would immediately figure it out that, oh, this one's a little different. And then if you went to an away game, you would be immediately disadvantaged because you would be expecting it to be like your home field. So I don't understand how that's really that big of an advantage. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it's just like our game, like our field was, our mound was about almost an inch high. Not quite, about a half an inch. So what advantage did that give you? And then... The rubber was up of about four to five inches. So what advantage did that give you that you didn't have? Your home to plate time, because I, my my main thing was my fastball, right? Mm-hmm. So if I could get just that tiny bit closer and a little bit higher, I've got more of a downhill push, and I'm already that much closer, and it makes that fastball look that much faster. Now, granted, the other pitcher got the same advantage. But it took him a second to compensate. It for was it. no one threw near as hard as I did, mm-hmm. so it didn't. It was more an advantage for me because mm-hmm. I was a fastball thrower. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, like getting used to things. You're talking about getting used to stuff, right? A lot of teams, I don't know if you'll see it as much in the majors because I think they have to be more careful about this kind of stuff. But I actually got our coach to, you have your bullpen where you warm up before the game, Mm -hmm. right? The way they were set up, I got our coach to redo our opposing team one. Mm Mm-hmm. And the reason I did that is because it's hard to tell you. I can tell you, but people on here may not understand. Okay, so like you're looking at the field from home plate, right? Mm-hmm. The pitcher's throwing this direction straight to you. Okay. Right? So I'm on home plate and I'm looking at the pitcher, pitcher pitch right, to me. Right to me. So we had the third base dugout. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's on your left. On the batter's left. Well, okay. You're the catcher. You're standing there looking at this. You're standing on home plate looking at, looking at the mound. Okay, so I'm the catcher. And it's to my you left. You don't even have to be a catcher. You're on the home plate. Third base dugout's on the left side, right? Gotcha. Well, the bullpens on both sides were back behind that. And they were both going this toward home plate. Except for theirs. And theirs was going away from home plate. We, 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 it, because it was kind of behind the dugout. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't down the field. It was behind the dugout. Mm-hmm. Ours went the same direction. As home plate. You were pitching from that way to this way right toward home plate toward home plate theirs was the same way we got I, we redid the both bullpens and i got my coach to let me redo that one to where it was going the other way and it, it mentally it, it a lot of people didn't catch on to why okay because like okay you know like you talk about the wind blowing out right if the wind was blowing from outfield to home I knew I was going to have a good day pitching. 
Because it's faster pitch because the wind's Faster carrying. pitch. I didn't rely on breaking balls. Mm-hmm. Now, if the wind was blowing the other way, the guys that threw breaking balls knew they were going to have a better day because you're throwing against the wind, you're going to get better movement. Okay. But when I was throwing against the wind, hey, my bread and butter was my fastball. That shit's going to slow it down. And so, and how you, where you want to start your pitches at is going to change based off how the wind's blowing. Right. Right. Well, you want them getting warmed up, throwing the opposite direction what they're going to be throwing during the game because you're down there in the bullpen trying to pinpoint how you're going to release everything that day. And you get out on the mound and everything's fucking flip-flopped on them because now they're throwing the other direction. Well, and also, and I guess it would mess them up too because if you were playing a day game, the, the sun's going to be in your eyes versus not be in your eyes where you're warming up versus pitching. Oh, yeah. That can probably screw you up too. But it's mostly just that. Plus, the mental their 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 mound wasn't as high as it should have been. So like, I wonder if it's still that way. Like the mound was about three quarters inches too high mm-hmm. from where it's supposed to be. The visitors' bullpen mound was about three quarters inches shorter than it was supposed to be. <laughs> So when they got out onto the mound, not only were they throwing a different direction than what they were used to, they're on they were on a mound that was about an inch and a half higher than what they've been warming up on. <laughs> we yeah, were, we're playing all kinds of psychological warfare on these guys. And then like we went through <coughs> like even like the baselines. Mm-hmm. The the one between uh home and third. Mm-hmm. We added dirt to it. Mm-hmm. Because we had some really fast guys that that were good at bunting, mm-hmm. and, you know. And, and if you get that bunt that's rolling down the baseline, and you know the guy's not going to have time to catch it and throw you out, they're going to wait and see if it rolls foul or not, right? They're hoping mm-hmm. it'll roll foul. Well, we built the baseline at a slight angle toward the infield, so any ball that went down that baseline was going to roll fair. It would roll fair. Oh, God, you guys were shitty. Oh, we were doing all kinds. You thought the Astros cheated? Fuck, man, man. They learned that shit from us. We had all kinds of shit we did. Oh, yeah. We've managed to talk about baseball for an hour and five minutes. At least we talked about something good this time. That's true. That's true. You're going to have to tell um, tell your buddy, um, uh, Smash, Smashing Hero, um, if he wants to avoid the politics, go to minute number 39. Oh, and that's when it goes past? That's when it goes to baseball. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he can make it 39 minutes of politics, great. If not, tell him to go to 39 minutes. That's when we start talking about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have made it through the entire podcast, thank you so much. We appreciate your patronage. <laughs> Sandy Koufax. <laughs> the... <coughs> Domingo German. 24th perfect game. I, I still don't I, I don't agree with that. I mean, I understand that you're right. I understand that that's a perfect game. I just... But see, but what I was trying to get at earlier, what I need to get back onto real quick, because I never get to finish that, because you started going on some crazy-ass weird person rant. I was right. I don't like it when they talk about, all oh, this, this guy threw a no-hitter. This guy threw a perfect game. And I say that even being a pitcher, because... The pitcher did not throw a perfect game unless he strikes out every single batter he faces. I agree. 
that is a team perfect game. Yes. That means everything that they put in play, your fielders fielded cleanly. Yes. They there made were no the catch, errors. They there made were the no throws. Yeah. That. That's a team effort. That's a not a no pitcher hitter effort. or a perfect game. Is a it truly is a team effort because they're not going to strike out twenty seven fucking hitters. And that's why the fact that it's a team effort versus a pitcher effort is why I think they should separate these out and be okay. A perfect game is the pitcher. A no hitter is the team. Does that make sense? I, I Do you understand what, why I'm coming at it? I from understand that what you're saying, but like I was saying, you can still have a base runner and even possibly even giving up runs without throwing. And oh, that was not a strike. Oh, and still not give up a hit. Yeah. That's just I guess, like I guess I mean that's even just like you know I could go out in an inning and give up six runs uh-huh. and my ERA after the inning can still be zero because once the errors of an inning plus the outs of the inning equal three everything else after that is unearned mm-hmm. so like if I get two quick outs and then a guy makes a fielding error. And a throwing error. And then I give up. Or say like if there's like three errors in a row and bases are loaded. Mm-hmm. I give up a home run. That's four unearned runs. Mm-hmm. Because it should have already been the third out. So everything after what should have been the third out is no longer considered an earned run. See, it was kind of given to them. Stuff like that is where you're splitting the hairs so thinly. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's a hit, but it's not a hit. It's a run, but it's not a run. It's it's you know what I mean? It's it's kind of like we're gonna make it this thing so it doesn't count against you. <laughs> it kind of gives off that energy. Yeah. To me, that that's why I kind of poke fun at the stats in baseball because it feels like every single stat in baseball and every single way that they calculate things in baseball is splitting hairs to the point where the hair doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You're down on the nano level. (laughs) But it's just like, you know, it's it's like Vegas. You're playing the odds on everything. You really are. Because just like... Okay, like you see the little box on the screen when they throw the pitch. Uh-huh. It shows you where the strike zone is. Right. They have that strike zone basically mapped out. Uh-huh. Right? Where you've got, it's not one big box. It's nine boxes. Okay. Right? Three on the bottom, three in the middle, and three on the top. Okay. That's where they get your... If you ever hear them talk about a hitter's hot and cold zones. Mm-hmm. You ever heard them say about that? I, I think probably. I think I have. Well, if it actually shows it, you'll see red squares, blue squares, and purple squares. Mm-hmm. Red squares means, as a pitcher, you stay away from that spot. Because mm-hmm, that's where they hit them. Because that's where that batter likes to have... He likes to hit those pitches. And mm-hmm. when he swings at them, he hits for a higher average. Mm-hmm. This blue one over here, that's where you want to stay because he is not going to 
law of averages says he's less likely to get a hit if you throw it there. Mm-hmm. So that's how you get your hot and cold zones. Okay. And the reason I thought about it because I saw a little square come up on the screen. They're talking about now. I don't know if if they ever will do this because umpires are as part of a part of I baseball. Know you're going, they're already doing that in some games in the minors, where they have a robot doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of an umpire. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see if that filters up, because being an umpire, that's like. This is as as American as baseball and apple pie. I mean, like, yeah. you have to have an umpire, right? But realistically, the machines are more accurate. Yeah, you don't have the human error. And even sometimes when, um, and you told me this, when, a, uh, when an umpire is not making the best calls, you'll see that box on the screen go away because they don't want you to see him making the bad calls. Yeah. They'll quit putting it up there. Because I remember asking you, why, why, did, why, is, this, why is the box not up there? And you're like, oh, it's because the umpire can't get the calls right. And it's obvious that he can't get the calls right. But being an umpire, and, and I never really thought about it like this until somebody said it one day. Being an umpire is a shitty job. It is. Because if you think about it, not so much in the majors because you have your home crowds, but especially like in high school games and t-ball games maybe college games and yeah college games it starts weeding out a little bit maybe because you still have your home major home field but like mm-hmm. high school games a lot of people from both sides are going to show up uh-huh. right every close call that guy makes or that woman makes on that game half the people out there are pissed at them mm-hmm. doesn't matter if they're right or wrong half the people are pissed half the half people they're gonna be mad mm-hmm yeah. You're absolutely right. And sometimes they take it personal. <laughs> like, thought I hit him in the nuts on purpose. You didn't, did you? Or did you? No, hell no. You promised? That guy, his daughter went to our school. Uh-huh. I mean, and my cousin that's younger than me mm-hmm. was friends with her. That doesn't mean you didn't hit him in the nuts on purpose. That was like the first inning I pitched with this guy. I mean, well, well, it was the catcher. Because remember, my catcher mm-hmm. got hurt. And I warned this dude. I throw a lot of two-seam fastballs. They move. They tell. I said, now, if you put your glove up, I'm going to pretty much hit it. You're going to have to move it a little bit. But I'll. it may not look like it's going to hit your glove. But, but it'll just hit give your it a glove. second. Let it move to it. And he didn't. He thought it was going somewhere it wasn't. And it didn't even fucking touch his glove. And it hit that umpire in the nuts at like 97, 98 miles an hour. And it did not ricochet. It hit and went straight down. And that motherfucker passed out. Was passed out so long that the paramedics got out there, drove their ambulance on the field, and they actually woke his ass up. And I can still remember somebody talking about, fuck, you killed him. (laughs) Which he's actually lucky he didn't. I mean, it, it, I, he would have probably died if he didn't have a cup on. Yeah. Yeah. Or he would have had like a busted nut or something. It probably would have exploded his. <laughs> would have exploded his junk. That's but horrible. It didn't break that cup, but it put a three-quarter inch indention in it. Didn't you say they had it on the snack the snack bar for 
Like forever I, I with a baseball in it? it? With the baseball from that game in it. I didn't know <laughs> like that until somebody, somebody told me about it a couple of years later. It, so it is was still there. too bad. It is too bad that you did not save that cut because how perfect would it be? Do you remember when they used to bronze baby shoes? Yeah. You could have bronzed the cup yeah. and put a little baseball <laughs> in the cavity to show where you hit it. That all oh, that would have I would have put that up. Oh my god, that would have had a place of honor in our house. <laughs> and I still remember that. You you okay? Do you know where you are? He says something about who's your doctor? I ain't got a doctor, I'm an umpire. <laughs> But Poor for some guy. reason, that dude thought I did it on purpose, and I honestly and and that's the didn't he like like the next the, the, the next game you played he was well he like it wasn't the next to... game I played it was the next game he made it back it was an all star tournament and he didn't call a single and strike on you before that game our coach had a talk with hey if you get thrown out and if we're out of the, you if you get it like ejected and if they give you more than one game and if this is our last game in this tournament then you miss a game in the in the World Series. And sure shit, and I got thrown out that game. Yeah, he he called not a single called strike. Only strikes I got is if the batters actually swung. And when they finally pulled me out, my coach was like, "Dude, I don't, you know, it's it's not anything you did wrong. Just, just, just let it go. Yeah, we're just gonna have to we're gonna have to pull you because you, you you can't you can't win this." And as I was walking to the dugout, he came down the third baseline to walk toward me and goes, just so you know, those pitches weren't even close. And as an umpire, he came up and said that to me. <laughs> and I was just looked at him, and it just, it just, I was flabbergasted he would come talk to me like that. Yeah, I mean, what's the point of that? Yeah. And I said, no, the problem is you just fucking suck. <laughs> and he threw me out. And I'm like, ooh, you threw me out. Coach already pulled me, you dumbass. What does it matter if I sit in the dugout or if I sit in the stands? Fuck you. And I walked off and sat in the stands for the rest of the game. <laughs> and Coach was just like, really? <laughs> just talked about this <laughs> go sit in the stands <laughs> was that really a strike it caught the bottom part of the box yep so that was a strike so if it catches any part of the box if the outs if it's like an outside pitch if the out the inside part of that ball barely catches the black on the mount on the plate that's a strike okay that's just i i can't i can't get over how good these umpires are sorry, that was a strike i'm sorry i can't get over how good these umpires are at catching stuff like the quarter of you know the quarter inch of this ball caught the outside edge of the strike zone because the strike zone is such a it's such an arbitrary thing and knees to nipples you know what i mean like well see like what you were talking about too like with the uh ai calling balls and strikes what, what, what that's going to do away with, too, is there's a lot of times pitchers will throw a pitch that's a strike that's called a ball, and it's very obvious that it's a strike, but say, like, the, the catcher calls for it to be inside, and you totally just fuck up and miss your spot, and you throw it way outside, and it's on the corner. It's a strike. But it doesn't look like it because your catcher's set up over here and he has to go all the way over here to catch it. Mm-hmm. it, it it's going to make it look like a ball. See, what he pitched just now was mm-hmm. 
according to the AI, not a strike, but he called it a strike. But see, what I don't like about the AI thing, though, is that, okay, this AI is picking up this pitch, the ball coming across the plate, Mm -hmm. right? At what point is it picking up this ball because it crosses the plate? Yeah, and that's what I want to know, too. Is it catching it at the beginning? Is it catching it at the end? Does it swing through that strike zone at any point? Because it should be basically like having something that's looking straight down on the plate and it's covering that entire area and then something else is covering this direction Mm -hmm. horizontal and it's basically like it should be like two cameras one looking horizontal one looking straight down vertically and when the pitch goes by if it detects any movement that's a strike Mm -hmm. because it's not where it's not where the catcher catches it it's, it's where, where it crosses it hits. the plate. Yeah. And some of these guys have so much fucking movement on the ball that it may miss by an inch or two. At the front of the strike zone. But it catches it on the backside. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine if they do end up going to AI pitch calling, they probably will have a setup like that since the strike zone is a three-dimensional object in space. They're yeah. going to have to treat it like a three-dimensional object in space. Because otherwise, it's not going to be accurate. And people are going to get really, really pissed and nope. demand that AI be taken out. Because uh, there's nobody that gets more pissy than a baseball fan. Now, what I don't have a problem with is using like the cameras and everything for plays out in the field. Like instant replays and things like that? Yeah. yeah, I think instant replays should have been. Uh, oh, it takes away from the. You know, it doesn't. No, they should have done that. A- Just making sure they get the shit right. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the umpire didn't see it correctly. Yeah. Because they're human. And you like, like when those, like if you watch some of these umpires, you know, and they're 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 the umpire for first. When there's a ball hit and there's a play at first, if you watch, he's not watching that runner. Mm-hmm. He he's listening. He is watching that guy. He's only thing he's focusing on is that first baseman's glove. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Because he's watching that and he's listening for the guys. Or he's watching the guys. Or he's watching the base. And he's listening for the ball to, to hit, hit the, the guy's, glove. guy's glove. One or the other. Yeah. He, he can't Because you can't watch both. Right. If you try to watch both, it'll be like, shit, uh, safe. Yeah. And he could have been out by a step. So... Things that absolutely blow my mind about umpires and referees in games. Um, Stuff happens all the time that the umpires don't see. Um, There's calls that should be made all the time in NFL games that are not made because the umpires just didn't see them. Right. Or the referees just didn't see them. But the amount of shit that they do see blows my fucking mind because they're out there, like especially in the NFL... Everything is happening so fast, and they're able to see a guy get a horse collar in the middle of a group of guys that are all seven feet tall and that weigh 400 pounds, and they're on the outside of this mess trying to look at all this chaos that's going on, and they're like, see, shit, that guy's got a, got a face mask. Oh, shit, that guy did this, and he wasn't supposed to do that. Oh, shit, there was... 12 people on the field instead of 11. How do you, how, did, how does your brain instantly clock that? You know what I mean? I'm saying you're, but they're not doing what you're saying they're doing. You've got all these umpires out there 
these referees, uh-huh. they're not watching everything like you say they are. What are they doing? They've got a small section. This is the area you're responsible for. That's why they have 10 referees. These guys right here, these are the ones you're watching. These over here are the ones you're watching. That's why in baseball you'll see first base umpires, third base umpire. Especially in the playoffs, you've got umpires out in the outfield Mm -hmm. on the corner, on the baselines. This guy over here can't make a call over here. Well, it's like it's like when when they've got a guy who <laughs> when they've got a guy who swung at a pitch Don't and they're give not me sure. This Olay bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> they've got a guy that swung at a pitch, but he stopped himself. But they're not sure if they broke over if he broke over with right. his wrists. And they'll call on the third base coach. What did he? What did you see? No, they'll call on the umpire, <clears throat> not the coach. I'm sorry. The the umpire. Well, it sorry. depends on if it's a right-handed or a left-handed batter. Well, I'm saying for for like for a like a batter, like, a, like gonna, a right-handed batter, they're they're, they're going to point over the first base umpire. And for a left-handed batter, they're calling the, for the left for the third, third base. base. But like the guy at home plate is he's he's not relying on what he saw. He's like, because I didn't have a good angle on this. What did you see? But the umpire will not ask for help on his own. He will not. Okay. This is new. This the is new catcher. information. The catcher's like, hey, hey, ask for help on that one. And most of the time, umpires be like, hey, what'd you see? Yeah, yeah, he swung at it. Okay, yeah, it's a strike. Okay. But the umpire's just not going to go, oh, I'm not sure. What do you think? You know. Because umpires are supposed to be infallible, right? Right. Like, So they're not going to ask for help unless the catcher suggests, hey, did you get some help on that one? Okay. And if the umpire and the catcher doesn't have a very good, the umpire will just stand there. No, he didn't swing at it. I don't need to call for help because they don't have to. Some inside baseball for you guys. (laughs) I'm sure everybody knows that. I didn't know that. Well, you're not an everybody. Why are you assuming that everybody knows everything? (laughs) I'm just saying. Not everybody knows everything, honey. Not everybody's Sheldon Cooper. Not everybody knows everything about everything. <laughs> Just about baseball, I know a lot of it. What, what, what cracks me up, though, is that every once in a while, every once in a while, it doesn't happen very often. It really doesn't because these umpires are so good. But every once in a while, a pitcher will be able to get one over on the umpire by moving his glove where it needs to be versus where it was. The catcher, not the pitcher. I'm sorry, the catcher. You know what he'll that's move, called? He'll move his glove. There's a name for that. What's that? It's called framing. So he frames the pitch. Well, you'll see. No, no. You won't see them, the good ones, you won't see them do that. What they'll do is when they catch it, as soon as they catch it, it's just a quick little flick of the wrist. That's just all it is. into the strike zone. Just a quick little flick of the wrist. Because that way if the umpire is not 100% sure, his first reaction is going to be to look over that catcher's shoulder to see where he caught it at. Uh-huh. Now, if he sees your whole body moving, he's like, no, you tried to get me on that one. Yeah. But just but a little... You just try to catch it and just hold. But I... but like like I've... then it'll make the umpire look bad if you've got a catcher <clears throat> that's real good at that and they catch it and just slightly move in as, as they catch it. Yeah. Not like catch it and then move. It's, it's got to be one motion. So if you know it's outside a little bit, you go a little bit further outside with your gloves. So that way, when you catch it, you're it's coming in. in. And if you're sitting there holding, waiting for the umpire to call, and he sees your glove right there over the middle of the fucking plate, or over the obviously over the strike zone, yeah, 
it's real hard for him to call that a ball because he's like, well, see, fucker, you got me. I've seen, you know? like, I haven't seen it in this game that we're watching now, but I have seen it in other games where it was clearly outside, mm-hmm. but the guy caught it just right and framed it just right, and they're like, oh, that's a strike. Yeah. Oh, that's a strike. They call now, it a strike. You, like, and I've seen it in and games, And, like, the too. batters will get real pissed when that happens. I've seen it in games, too. Because you talk about how these guys are out there having fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen a catcher. I think it was, uh, God damn, I can't believe I can't think of his name. He's the catcher uh, for the for the Giants. Uh, Buster Posey. Okay. Buster Posey did it, okay? There was a, uh, a ball that was, like, way off. Uh-huh. Like, it was almost a wild pitch. And, like, he, like, jumped up, had to, like, jump up and grab it, and he... He squatted back down real fast and did like this, <laughs> and held it and kind of looked up at the back, looked right back over his shoulder at the umpire like, what, "What you got?" And the up, you can see him just start laughing, throw the ball back. <laughs> but it was like eight feet in the air, and he almost had he had to almost jump to catch it, and he dropped back down like like he was trying to frame it. <laughs> and the pitcher's going like, you see the pitcher just he starts giggling, the the batter's just like, like what oh the hell? God. Nice try, Buster. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, we need to shut it off we've we do need it we, we've gone two hours and eight minutes on this my god thank you for making it this long <laughs> this has been a fun podcast that's your fault you get me talking about baseball this shit i know all fucking night. well you know what a long long time ago and i'm gonna have to get in touch with q about this one to make sure that chris listens to this to this specific podcast a long long time ago chris <laughs> told me that one of his favorite segments on the podcast is when we get you going about baseball or about sports. <laughs> he said he enjoys listening to that more than just about anything else. So, Chris, this one was for you. So, um, I'll have to I'll have to uh, get in touch with you guys and make sure you listen to this one. <laughs> Thank you for making it this long. If you want to find me, you can find me on the socials. I am at Cricket Shea on Twitter for however long Twitter lasts. We don't know how long it's going to last from now on because fucking, you know. And then... Um, uh, you can catch me on Instagram at Cricket Shea One, uh, Cricket Shea on TikTok, Transparent Transparent on TikTok, um, and if you have my number, you can text me or you can message me on Facebook. Um, Thomas doesn't have any socials, so you can get to him through me. And that's it. We love you. Bye.